Hey guys, Michael here, and I'm back to break down episode 12, the finale of Lego Masters on my podcast, Talk Bricks Masters. It's been an unbelievable season and it's all coming down to this. I can't wait to jump into this breakdown just like I break down the weekly Lego news on my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks. And don't forget, next up in your podcast feed is going to be my exit interviews with all three finalist teams. So be sure to stay tuned for that and hopefully some more coming your way soon. So with that all out of the way, let's jump into our finale breakdown. So that was such an unbelievable finale and it's the last episode, the last episode breakdown of the podcast. So I had to go big. So I brought in all the big guns for the final breakdown here. We've got from season one, Boone, Tyler, Corey, and Mel. Say hi to everyone on the podcast. Hey, Michael. Thanks for having us. This is fun. Oh, well, thank you, Tyler. It hasn't even started, but I appreciate the praise. Um, <laughs> but listen, this was such a crazy episode. And, you know, certainly I think Tyler and Boone, we're going to want some of your perspective, you know, kind of having gone through one of these 24 hour challenge gauntlets. But I guess from a high level, we'll kick it off with you, Tyler. You know, what did you think of the finale? And I just was kind of having these flashbacks to just those long build hours of, you know, these 24 hour challenges and just the the creative burnout that I think we were all experiencing at that time. So I, I feel like I have a deep understanding of what these teams are going through. So there's, there's excitement, but there's also like, a, Oh, I'm sorry. I feel what you're going through right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've done so much, especially this season to push them to their limits and two more episodes just means that much more creative fatigue is setting in. Um, but Boone, you know, you know, t- you know, what's your thoughts on all this, you know, having lived it yourself? Oh, it was, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me was the differences between um, season one and season two in regard to like, I- I'm sure, you know, the COVID uh, restrictions, because we had a live audience for the announcement. And there was, I don't know, Tyler, how many people were in there? Like uh, two or two, I'd say 200 people, two, yeah. 300 yeah, people were kind of gathered people, all around Michael, the state. Michael's brother. Yes. So my brother was right, right in there, uh, uh, you know, watching all the fun action. But the funniest part was he, he's a big Lego fan. So the whole season was spoiled for him, for him from the start. Cause he, he had never seen oh, the episodes, no. but he already knew yeah. the winner. Um. <laughs> yeah. And uh of course, all of our families were there and all of the previous contestants were there. So Corey and Mel, you know, are in the call here with us and they got to be right there near us when that moment was happening. Um, and none of that happened in this season. There was no audience. There was, uh, you know, the visits from the families were virtual. There were no visits from previous contestants from this season. Um, so it that was definitely... I guess changed the vibe, the feel of the same energy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, listen, it comes with the territory and we should just be glad that we got a season and a finale, you know, to be able to talk about it all. But yeah, to your point, it definitely felt like there was a palpable change um, for this one, but you know, Mel three crazy, you know, builds the final build, you can build whatever you want. You know, what was your high level takeaways? Oh man, the, the, the level, I mean, just the intensity alone, like, you know, um, um, and like you can eat a choke sandwich just like trying to build whatever you want like because at that point it's like what what do i build but these these players here they they definitely rise rose to the occasion yeah it's so hard like with with anything on the on the table you know sometimes you get that creative block where you're like well if i could do anything you know i don't even know where to start um but Corey, you know bringing up the rear here for our kickoff you know another another crazy episode we've had fun all season how did this one land for you um i kind of echo the same sentiment um you know that this episode it it 
kind of lacked that, um, you know, that finale explosiveness, you know, like it, it felt like a regular episode of, of the season. Um, but you could tell, you know, how much this was weighing on all of the contestants. I mean, um, you could tell how, how much they wanted to showcase what they can do. And just to know that they have all the access, they have 24 hours to do it. It's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. And, and these are young guys. You can see the pressure on their face. You can see the tenseness, you know, even the little things, you know, tripping over stuff. You know, you could tell that this was really getting to them. And, um, you know, I, I feel bad because, you know, because of COVID, a lot of opportunities that they could have had, a lot of, you know, the, the, the big explosion, the, the, the great memories, you know, for the finale you know, was kind of taken from them. But, um, you know, I think they made the best of the situation. I think they they gave it their all. And, you know, I think they had a great time. Yeah, I mean, well, they, they, they weren't alone in this finale because they brought back every version of Will Arnett. You know, we have Tuxedo Will, Puppet Will, The Boss Will, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, I don't Evil think we Will, saw, we didn't see Evil Will. Yeah, that was the only bummer. sad part. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they brought all of our favorites were back, you know, for this finale, um, all the all the flavors of Will. But no, I mean, it really was a really fun finale. And they really tried to make it a star studded affair in terms of the Brickmasters were all dressed up. I don't know why Jamie in a suit just looks even more adorable, you know, than Jamie wearing anything else. Um, but yeah, they really tried to make this one a fun one. But you know, just to kick it off, you know, 24 hours to design, construct and blow away everyone with your master build. And because it was bigger for season two, not only had it to be the greatest thing they've ever built all season, but it had to have two looks, that day look and the night look. And Boone, you know, I'm curious to get your thoughts just from a, from a you know, creative standpoint, adding lights to builds, you know, it's something that we do even in the fan community. But, you know, what, what, what was your first thought when you heard that they were gonna have to take that piece on? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, there's, uh, I feel like on season one, many of us enjoyed using lights, incorporating lights when we could. There was some interesting uses of lights through season one. All we had access to, I shouldn't say all we had access to, but what we had access to were uh, just a couple of different, you know, official Lego lights, the light brick, and I think the powered up lights. And so we, you know, teams would incorporate those when they could. Um, I always kind of, I, I, you know, I would have loved to take that on as a challenge, but I'm also, I think, a bit more purist than the challenges or than the uh, than the challenge producers have created some of the challenges this season because, you know, like the chassis, let's say the, the chassis of the uh, parade floats were, you know, not completely made out of Lego. The chassis of the RC cars were not completely made out of Lego. And I'm pretty sure that uh, some of the lights that were used in this final challenge were, you know, probably lights that were provided by like the, uh, the art department and not necessarily provided by like the, um, you know, Lego kind of challenge producers, which I'm sure those teams are working hand in hand. And this is all speculation, but correct me if I'm wrong, but it was pretty clear to me that like in some of the shots, like they're using little kind of like twinkle lights. They had some lights with yeah. some really fine filament that makes me think, you know, these are coming from like film kind of art department type, you know, resources. So it would have been a lot of fun to do that. But I honestly would have preferred to take on the challenge of creating some really interesting lighting using the Lego lights that are available. That's that's a personal opinion. I don't <laughs> have anything. I don't have anything against people that use light there. And even, you know, there are mocks that I've created over the years that, you know, I've cho chosen to use lights from, you know, third party companies when I feel like it's kind of 
compelling or, um, you know, makes the aesthetic more accessible to me at any given time. But I really think there's a challenge in creating kind of compelling looks with the official Lego stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, and sometimes it's like a nice constraint to have, you know, I think sometimes, uh, those sort of things, you know, beget great ideas. You know, it reminds me of the conversation we had in our last podcast, Boone, about the nice parts usage. Like sometimes when you're sort of constrained to what you have, that's when like the ingenuity comes out. But, you know, Corey, you know, if you were in this final challenge, a day and night approach, is there something that jumped out for you for how you would approach just that tackling that challenge that you really have to have two complete different looks? And they asked, you know, they said you should present, you should build your build. I can't even talk. Your build should present itself one way when the lights are on and surprise us with something unexpected when the lights go off. So, you know, how, how do you keep delighting and surprising the judges with a challenge like this? Well, uh, one particular team actually did an approach that I probably would have done with my brother. Um, during our casting call, when we were doing the auditions, they said, uh, build something that represents you. And me and my brother decided to build ourselves as giant figs with all the stuff that that makes us who we are. So, you know, when I saw what Zach and Wayne did, where they literally created a a tower and it, it showcased all of the things that make them who they are, their family, their archery, uh, sushi, you know, um, and the in the story with the two dragons and stuff like that, you know, something something personal to say, hey, you know, I made it to the finals. I'm gonna leave it all on the table, but I also want to leave America, leave the world with the remembrance of, you know, this is who we are as a team. This is who we are as a brother. This is who we. This is where we come from as a culture. So my approach would have just been to leave it out on the table and just make something that spoke to who I am and what I represent, because there's millions of people who represent the same thing. So, um, yeah, Zach and Wayne definitely did the approach that I would have done if me and Travis was to be in the finals in that situation. Yeah, no, I mean, and also playing close to home, I think, you know, gives you a lot, a lot to work with. You know, you're not it's not contrived. You know, you have plenty of stories of the experiences that you've lived through. But Mel, you know, when it comes to this, you know, all everything's on the line and and they really want to add this magical light ingredient. You know, do you do you feel like there's something that you were thinking of if it was up to you to use the lights particularly? Um, using the lights is just one like I guess it's one avenue of some of the the power that you got as a Lego master. I'm I'm thinking like, you know, you, a lot of them use the gears and all that stuff. So you kind of got to like intertwine all that stuff. Like I'm thinking like, you know, maybe a forest or something like that and then the forest opens up and then you had this high technology like technology, you know, technology city or something. You know, like mm. Wakanda or something, you know, something similar to, <laughs> right? And then you, you're using all the, you know, the transparent pieces and you you know, the lights so bright and everything like that. So when the forest is closed, everything's dark. When the forest is open, you know, at night, you know, then you got this, you know, this high, you know, crystal city. Yeah. No, I mean, it sort of reminds me of like the bioluminescence from the movie Avatar, you know, where like at night that that forest really becomes something very different. And I feel mm -hmm. like that that's a, that's a good approach. So I, I like, I like where your head's at. So you know, obviously, when, when we go into this sort of an episode, there's only three teams. So we really got to sit a long time with them during the build phase. And so let's talk a little bit about just like some of the challenges that they all went through. But a lot, the first thing that they talked a lot about was just the journeys that they all went on. We got these little montages about the journeys that they all went through. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, so for Zach and Wayne, you know, they talked a lot about how you know, their parents came to this country to give them new opportunities. And with an opportunity like Lego Masters, they weren't going to leave it on the table. Um, you know, you know, Corey, you know, from your for your experience, you know, I know family is so core to what you do, you know, and obviously you went there with your brother too. 
you know, what do you think that means to, you know, Zach and Wayne as they progress through this sort of competition? You know, um, like I've mentioned to them uh, personally, directly, um, you know, their story um, is kind of parallel to me and Travis's story. You know, our parents were immigrants who came to this country, you know, looking for a better life, looking for a better way for us to uh, create opportunity for us and stuff. And, you know, um, Zach and Wayne were able to definitely showcase that. Um, I think for them, uh, the fact that they even got to the finals was a huge accomplishment, um, you know, to their family, to their friends, um, you know, uh, getting further, you know, from there would have, you know, would have been even better for them, you know, but, um, you know, I, I know for, for who they are and how much family is important to them. And they're very, and they were very, uh, very secluded during the entire season. Like you really didn't know that, you know, that Zach was a father. You know, because he really kept that close to him. And he said, I wanted to just focus on these builds. I wanted to focus on getting to the finals, you know, and and even when seeing his family and seeing their family on, on, on camera and everything like that, it really didn't phase them as much. They were just there was so much in the zone like, all right, we're here now. We're going to make them proud. We're, we got the extra boost that we got. But we're, we're so focused, you know, it, it really spoke to their you know, their, their focus and their training as far as discipline when it comes to, you know, building with Lego and stuff like that. So their story is very parallel to me and Travis. Yeah. I mean, I was floored when I found out that Zach was a father because, you know, he has such a young face, you know, like I was like, I I was so surprised when we saw that on camera. I mean, like, you know, we knew about Boone's kids. We knew that Tyler and Amy were pregnant and we knew, you know, we knew Mel had a grandson. We know, we know about all your families, you know, like, so it's uh, the fact that we had no idea and, and, and being a parent was so core to so many of these teams, Susan and Jen, uh, Natalie and Michelle. I mean, it was such a core component to all these things. So that was like the biggest shock for me, one of them of the night, but you know, you know, Tyler, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Um, you know, I always feel like story was really core to a lot of the builds that you all did. And it seemed like that was one of the, the areas that the judges were concerned about them for the build phase. You know, they said, you know, your technical expertise is sort of parallel to none. But, you know, how are you going to bring story into this? And I'm curious, curious to get your thoughts about maybe how do you agree with that sort of feedback for Zach and Wayne or not? Yeah, I- Perhaps storytelling might be one of their areas where the judges really wanted to see them see something more out of them. I feel like the the judges were trying to draw that out a little bit. And that's one of the things that uh, Amy and Jamie are really good at is finding those areas where they want to push you a little bit more. And I, I think they were trying to get them to you know lean into the storytelling more than the technical aspect, which they've proven time and time again that you know they're they're masters of the the technical things, but uh, storytelling, you know, and, and, you know, being able to craft an image that people instantly recognize and know exactly the story that's going on and something that can maybe tug at heartstrings. That's the kind of thing that they're trying to get them to maybe pull out. Yeah. And we've seen them do that very specifically. Like, I feel like all season long, they're like, Mark and Steven be wackier, be more imaginative. Like you don't have to build things so realistically, um, you know, so we've definitely seen like them have that sort of steady hand with a lot of the teams, you know, week after week, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to your point. I feel like in this last episode, they really went to each team and sort of asked for that last push in the areas that they needed it. Um, but you know, you know, when it comes to their build, obviously they were building this really interesting, uh, pagoda of our lives, you know, which was really meant to tell the story of their own experiences. Um, but you know, of course we see that Zach wants to build a lot of crazy mechanisms. There were these two dragons. It wasn't working out. They were trying to figure out like how much time to spend on these things. And, you know, I know Boone in the finale challenge for you, there was that mechanism with the paintbrush and you spent, you were spending a lot of time on it. I feel like that was a segment from your season 
you know, any, any light that you can shed on maybe what Zach and Wayne were going through here? Yeah. So the, the paintbrush was ended up being quite rudimentary, but it was the, it was the walls that the paintbrush transformed that I was, I'd spent a lot of time on. I didn't struggle with it the way it seemed. Um, Zach might've been struggling to kind of like do this thing, this new idea, right? Which I, I get, and I tried to do that so many times during Lego Masters. Um, the roller coaster was one, that vertical lift. I was trying to do something I'd yeah. never done before and I'd never seen before. The supercomputer in, in uh, Good versus Evil is another example of one that um, I was just really proud to be able to work that into the competition because it was this idea I'd had for years and just had never had like the the push to try it. And so, you know, I just imagine that that's probably, he's probably got this idea. Maybe it was a new idea, but maybe it was an idea he'd been sitting on for a while. And just having that pressure of trying to execute it and make it work, uh, the you know, the first time you're trying it. Uh, and, and, and you dare, you dare to do it, right? You, you're <laughs> daring to do, you're daring to do all these things that you've never tried before because, because you have to, right? Like you, at least you feel like you have to. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I Tyler, I feel like Tyler had, had quite a lot more experience going in than I did probably. So maybe he didn't have to try very, very many new things. Not, not with maybe. the mechanical <laughs> stuff. That was y'all's wheelhouse. Mechanical stuff is the stuff where I'm like, I only want to do things that I know I can accomplish. I want to sit here and tinker. Yeah. But I guess to Boone's point, Tyler, you were pushed in that last challenge, you know, to add that mechanical component with the wings of your Eagle, you know, because you wanted to show them kind of like Zach and, you know, Wayne were challenged to do that. They could push outside of where they were comfortable. You know, we knew sure. you could build like a beautiful castle tower and a serpent, but that, but the wing mechanism really set that build off. And it was an area that you weren't as strong in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like Boone's saying, like, you've got to be able to bite off something that is maybe a little bigger than you think you can chew. And hopefully you can actually accomplish it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and, you know, so when it comes to Zach and Wayne, you know, the, the only other thing that I feel like we got a lot of during um, this build segment is just, you know, they went really big, you know, and, and I think there were certain times where they were trying to decide, you know, can we go another level or should we, should we try, like, how far can we really push this? And I think the time constraint is always going to be eating at you. You know, Mel, I'm curious to get your thoughts about just that iterative approach, I feel like has been so endemic to how Zach and Wayne approach everything where they're they start with their structures and they sort of see, well, how much time can I push these things? Um, you know, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's one of those things that you, you know, you, you know, it's, a, it's called a choke sandwich, right? So like you, you're trying to put your best work out there. And he, and, and he even said, like, you're trying to, you know, this is supposed to be my masterpiece and you spend a lot of time trying to, you know, uh, perfect it. And, you know, hours roll off like minutes, like real fast. And you look up and you still have, 75% of your build to, to continue and build. So I think that, I think it's good that he had his golden brick, his brother say, Hey, look, man, you know, you're, you're spending a lot of time on that mechanism. It's time, you know, it's time to move on, it's trying to, you know, reassess it and move on. And uh, I'm glad to see him reassess that, you know, it wasn't, the dragons wasn't up to his standard, but it, it worked for his build. So, yeah. And, and you don't want to like not put something on the table. You know, it's like, I, it's always like that food competition thing where it's like, if you're wondering if you have to remake it, you know, you might have to remake it because, you know, they can't eat a burnt, you know, anything. So you got to like be able to put something that they could judge. And and if you 
if, if they don't finish the building because they're too focused on the mechanism, they, there's nothing to judge. Well, I, I do have a question. So just just to remind myself, originally the dragons, they wanted the dragon to to spin around the actual tower. Is that right? It, okay. it, there was some talk of it spinning. I wasn't sure if it was the segments themselves rotating as if it was like slithering up the um, the tower in place or if it was the whole building or, you know, I think that got a little lost in the edit, but I think you're right. Yeah. Cause I think, I think it was the body segments and it was going to be kind of this like swirling body segments, which right. I think would have been awesome to see. Uh, cause, cause when I heard it, you know, I'm thinking, okay, for, for this team, the very first build that they did with the twin dragons was just mind blowing. It, it really set the standards as to what the season is going to be and what this team can bring to the season. And then, you know, for the final build, you know, for them to have something that's stationary, not moving, you know, I, I was like, hmm, did, did, were they supposed to make it spin or did they spend too much time on the mechanism? So, I mean, all those things you really have to consider, you know, you're, you're trying to do something on a large scale that you may never have done before because you don't have, you know, 3 million pieces just sitting at home to try. So, you know, you want to try to do it, but man, if, I feel as though if they had, if they created that spinning motion, you know, that definitely would have elevated their, their final masterpiece, uh, my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like everyone was saying, like, you want to show them something that they've never seen before. And, and Amy even said that, you know, she said something like, um, we want to see, something we've never seen from Zach and Wayne before, particularly. And I think she was talking more about the story, but I think anyone's trying to put up their best work like we talked about. Well, why don't we move on then just in terms of the build phase to Mark and Steven. Theirs was, you know, their Warden of the Woods, and they wanted this to be the biggest build they've ever made. And, you know, I think obviously when it's the finale, we do want to see some pretty crazy stuff and you've got 24 hours to do it. But, you know, it's you're worried you're biting off a little more than you can chew. Um, but, you know, Boone, I know your build, you know, your final, um, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic cre creative tower, you know, was definitely one of the biggest builds we'd probably seen that season. You know, when you're trying to plan for a 24-hour build, how do you make sure you're sizing the scale enough without pushing it too far? Yeah, that was hard. I mean, that was one of the hardest things about it. You know, the whole way through, we were constantly trying to push ourselves, looking around the room. You know, you saw it with Steven when he was building the giraffe and everybody else was building their various animals in the, uh, what was that one? And with the one where Evil Will yeah, and land, came out. Land and Sea. Land and Sea. Thank you for the help with that. Um, and it's, you sort of look around the room and you go like, oh, like, what do we think about this? And, you know, we decided on a building and Mark was kind of building the stories of that building. And then I was kind of working on some of the technical stuff and working on some of like the other details. And he was just cranking out stories of this building. And so we had a lot of options, like it could have been a seven-story building. It could have been a six-story building. It could have been a 10-story building. You know what I mean? So <laughs> we really just kind of leaned into like, what is this format that we can kind of go with that allows us some flexibility and we can kind of continue looking around the room. You know, I, I think on our season, Tyler and Amy spread out much faster on the table than we did. Um, so I'm thinking about Zach and Wayne, you know, they have a very similar type of structure with their building and you're looking into each kind of story of the building to see a different story, no pun intended, from their lives. <laughs> Um, and, and, and then I think it was, uh, Mark and Steven who really seemed to early on in the challenge kind of pin themselves to like how tall this creature was going to be. It seemed, it seemed <laughs> like, a, you know, it was fairly early on that it was sort of like, 
they had kind of determined how tall that thing was going to be. Um, but in the end, you know, they were able to make it really come to life with some extra details. The lighting effects were great. The land around it really made it seem like this showpiece, you know. Um, but uh, I think that Zach and Wayne had a lot of ways that they could have used kind of that flexibility of their design to kind of help them, you know, build more, extend further, whatever. But I think they probably just lost a little bit on, uh, lost lost some time working out, trying to work out those mechanisms. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, you know, I think Mel can attest that the higher you build, you have to fill all the floors, you know, and I, in the mega city challenge, you know, they got on you for not filling up the building. So I feel like you can't bite off, uh, you know, maybe they didn't have any more memorable scenes from their life, so they couldn't go any higher. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to Mark and Steven, you know, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts, Mel, because from their story, you know, they, they've been doing this since they were kids. But I think that coming into Lego Masters, they had like that sort of, we've been doing this for years. We've been on the convention circuit. You know, we, we know what we're doing. But the, but the contest humbled them a few times. You know, so I'm curious to get your thoughts just about their journey. I think that I think their journey is pretty strong for like, you know, and, and I guess this is the battle of the brothers. And uh, um, and they even say, hey, look, we build big before, but we never build big in 24 hours. Right. Even like that, that I guess that fan, that windmill challenge, man, that thing, that build was strong. Um, and so I think that this is their this, you know, the, the, this. This force is the testament to everything, every build that you like. Your latest build is a testament to your history of builds, you know, and that's how I feel. So everything that you build lately is a testament. It's a buildup from all the builds that you have in your history, you know, to now, um, because you're taking everything that you learn in each build and applying to the new one. Um, so I think that they're, uh, I think, you know, I think they're rising to the occasion, man. I, I, I'm loving this build. Um, they they use you know they use perfect you know they, they put the lights in perfectly you know on this on this uh this creature here and i mean it's standing tall um <laughs> kind of yeah. almost remind me of a five-foot robot <laughs> for um, sure for sure um it, it definitely has like a robot it's like a robot and Groot had a baby um, yeah you know, i think i think that's kind of what this looked like for me um but you know, I think the other interesting thing here is that they um they, they were getting kind of caught up in the emotion of all this. You know, mm -hmm. Stephen says, there's tons of uncertainty in my heart. I'm not going to lie. I'm scared. You know, so Corey, yeah. you know, all the pressures on the line here, you know, you know, what do you think they're going through just having had some of these challenges over the last uh, few weeks? You know, this has been a similar story with these two brothers. Um, you know, yes, this this because I think because of the fact that this competition humbled them, really put them in a space that they haven't been before. You know, um, for a long time, they were known as the Castle Bros, you know. Um, so, the, you know, they they have a kind of a bit of a moniker coming in. And, you know, a lot of the challenges in the later half of the season, you always hear Mark kind of saying, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm worried. And then Stephen kind of says, you know, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I don't know if we're going to do it. You know, so they're kind of kind of doubting themselves. You know, even now that they're in the finals and, you know, I don't know if that was a strategy that they were saying that to themselves to kind of psych themselves so they could say, all right, well, our back is to the wall. And when our back is to the wall, there's only way to go. And that's forward. I don't know if that was what they were doing, but um, it, it was a constant um, kind of thing that they were doing as far as like kind of self-doubting themselves. But, you know, what they were able to create and these guys are really good at lighting. Um, I've seen a couple of their work using lighting and um, just the fact that they were able to make that uh, ground come to life and you see it kind of kind of it, it's not moving, but the lighting is so well put together that it seems like it's living. You know, that was something that, uh, you know, Lego Masters haven't seen before. 
And, you know, this team is really talented, obviously. And I, I was, I would have just hoped that um, they would have been more confident in their skill. I mean, they're here, they've gotten this far, they're skillful, but you know, the self-doubt got to go away once you're in the finals, like you're here, made it, you're an elite level amongst your peers, leave it out on the table. I yeah. think they did that. No, I mean, and, and their family even echoed a lot of, I think what you're saying, you know, uh, their mom specifically said, I've always known how amazing you are. The whole world is going to know that too. And so, you know, if, if they only believed in themselves the way that their mom believes them, but I guess the way a mom believes in, in her kids is, is a unique kind of belief. Yeah, know? nobody's going <laughs> to believe more than your mom. Like my yeah. mom, she was like, when she watched the uh, the episodes with me and my brother, and as soon as we got eliminated, that was that was the end of the show for her. Like she was like, I'm, I'm not, I'm done with the show. I'm like, no, don't no, keep watching the show. It's a fun <laughs> show. She's like, nah, you guys are not there. So in my mind, you guys are winners always. I'm like, oh, thanks, mom. Right. So <laughs> nothing's gonna take away a mom's love. Oh, I love that. Um, you know, but obviously, I think we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but there was a this big kerfuffle at the end of the build phase for them, where uh, Stephen with his big old feet trips over the cord and yanks like one of the arms off. And, and I have to imagine that that was like a, like a pretty tough moment, like just because the tensions are so high, you know, but Tyler, you know, I'm curious to get your thoughts. You know, did, did anything like that happen with you? Like, did you break one of Amy's builds? Did she break one of yours? <laughs> no, thank goodness. We didn't have to uh, experience that, that like, I imagine that's one of those like life flash before your eyes type things where <laughs> your, your heart is like, you know, that, that moment when you like forget your keys or you think you forgot your keys or whatever. And you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> this had to be one of those like times 10. Uh, goodness. I, yeah, we, we didn't have anything like that, but it's, it's hard because you're like, you don't want to let your partner down. I imagine that's what both of them are like in that moment, just going like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And the other one, like, Oh, how do I like caution, but also like say, it's okay. It's okay. Oh. Yeah. I have to imagine you and Amy probably would have, uh, been a little bit kinder to each other had this happened to you uh, than maybe uh, Mark and Steven were because they kind of had that like only like brothers can that like snap like well does it work and then it's like it works fine we're good we're good it was so, it was uh, so fun to see uh, you know those <laughs> those brother moments come out I don't think we really saw that as much with the other teams but we saw a little bit of that like brotherly I don't know if I want to say animosity but just the, the tension that exists between brothers that are in a, you know, a tense moment. I, I really enjoyed seeing that from them. Angst, brotherly yeah. angst. Yeah, there we go. That's a great term. But didn't you experience that, Corey? Like, didn't you, didn't you, didn't you experience that with little brother? Like, don't, don't, like being an older brother, you know, you kind of push the little brother to be a little bit better. Like, yes, that, that moment right there, I understood exactly what Mark was feeling. Cause it's just like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be clumsy. You know, you want to be mindful. And I saw that older brother like, oh, what are you? I can just strangle you like you almost ruined everything, <laughs> like kind of just throwing it all on the brother. And it was he was so lucky that he was able to, you know, recalibrate re uh, and get it to work again. But that moment right there, I can tell you right now, Mark wanted to strangle his brother because he was <laughs> he was like, like. That's $100,000. You just threw away $100,000 if this thing does not work. Like, you know, that's, and that happens, you know, when me and my brother, when we first started building the first challenge, I, I had to walk away because it's like, you know, I'm telling him, hey, you need to do this. No, no, no. I know what to do. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm telling you what you should <laughs> do. And then you can build off of it. No, no, no I want to do it this way. All right. You're going to end up wasting time. You know what? I'm just going to walk away. So it's like that that brother angst is always going to be there. Um, and especially in a moment like this, when everything is on the line, you want everything to be 
perfect. You don't ever want to, you know, not make it and say, you know what, if only we did this, if only you didn't trip over that cord to cause this from happening, we would have won. And then that animosity can carry you with you, you know, well after the show has already aired. So I'm glad they were able to pull it together. Yeah. I mean, they may have, they may have never forgiven each other. I mean, they could have been the end of uh, what, what the, the artist formerly known as the Castle Bros. You know, I mean, this could have been it. Um, but thankfully it wasn't. Thankfully it wasn't. But yeah, I mean, certainly I think what we find is, you know, there's just a lot of tension here. Uh, you know, the one thing they mentioned is that their concept really was pulled in some ways from their life. You know, they like um, to go to all sorts of national parks and explore rivers and streams. They called it rock hopping, which I'd never heard uh, that <laughs> that vernacular before. But, you know, Boone, I feel like coming from the Portland area, I have to imagine, you know, uh, this connection with nature probably resonated with you. Yeah, and it, it does. And, you know, it's just interesting to see how other people, other builders interpret these things as they go along through the challenges. You know, Mark and I on season one, we more often than not drew some inspiration whether it be the trees in the first challenge the you know the bridge the style of bridge in the bridge challenge um you know the food carts the uh, uh the town uh, in that we built along the sea during our uh, movie challenge movie mashup challenge you know it's the, we all we know all these little things right and, and we sprinkled them throughout our challenges so it's fun to see the overt ones like you mentioned in in season two but it's also fun to contemplate or even just think about the idea that there's all these things that we didn't even that we don't know about you know nobody was talking about um on the uh cliffhanger challenge that caleb and jacob built a tiny orange truck truck driving off the cliff you know yeah. uh in in reference to their their previous challenge in that um the uh, rc challenge but uh, the demolition derby challenge, but it, you know, so those things are fun and, and you never know what they're going to include in the final edit. You never know what they're going to leave out. Um, and some of those things are just hidden little secrets tucked away that you maybe get to see if you know what you're looking for. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. Cause like, even you guys probably know this, like I'm pausing the show every two seconds, like whether it's to get an exact quote or to look at the builds in more detail. And when I miss things, like that means they're, they're missable. Like, I mean, it was like, I, I'm, I'm working so hard to make sure I don't miss things and I still miss things. Um, so to your point, uh, it's sad when we don't get to see them on the show. Well, why don't we move on then to the last set of brothers, our twin brothers, Caleb and Jacob, and theirs was the land of time. And, you know, the interesting thing about their journey was really about how every challenge built their confidence up one after the other. And I think that was like a pretty fun, special part about this team, particularly, you know, Mel, what's your thoughts about the journey that Caleb and Jacob have been on? I think this was like the uh, season two's uh, um, Lego Masters. Um, I think it, I think Caleb and Jacob was like the the well hidden secret. Like they they kind of downplayed them since the first like episode. Like you know, so they were like almost like in the middle of pack, and it almost seemed like. At one point, they, you know, they were about to get their heads chopped off, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> they put in the high gear. And like you said, each project that they were putting out, you know, you know, was a setup for the next step. It was a setup for the next step. And uh, uh, and this is this is a team who's built, you know, went rushing stage left off the off the platform. You know, <laughs> they were in the immediate bottom. They were in the immediate bottom, and now they're dancing in the final three. You know, yeah. and, and that's a good story. That that is that is an excellent story, but. It seemed to me that they they were like the the hidden gem or the hidden secret for Lego Masters because they started performing when it counted, right? Mm -hmm. And so on. Um, it, it's good to see these two brothers here, man, because they 
you know, with their family, you know, them, and then you can see their emotions running high and everything like that. And hey, you know, being a brother, like being a brother, you're always now. I never had that 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 luxury, but being a brother, it seems like you're always in competitive mode because you want to be better than the other. And so I think that, like, I think at this point, you know, uh, them two working together well and seeing that they're, you know, that they're they're well loved because you know the family coming in and like Boone and and, and Tyler can tell you, you know, your family coming in. That really tears, like you know, tears on your on your on your emotions a lot, and you know, and you're going back and you're trying to stay focused on this build. And and here here's what I like about these two, right? They're twins, right? And they're not just brothers; they're twins. So you you got one <laughs> up over everybody, and then their build shows, you know, shows that they're, that they're you know that they're twins because they build a city upside down. And, and, and so you got one build here and then you build the other half and then you put it upside down. And how hard is that? Like if this challenge wasn't hard enough, you know, yeah. you, now you're taking half of your build and you're gambling and they, they were successful, bro. They, they were, they were successful. So that, that lets me know that they, they arrive, they rise to the occasion when, when it counted, like, you know, it, it, that hourglass was, was, a you know, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. I mean, they mentioned, you know, specifically that, um, they have a lot of faith in their strength abilities at this point because of all the strength challenges. I mean, there's been so many strength challenges um, this season, so many technical challenges that they were finally ready for this. You know, Boone, I guess like for you in your last build, did you really feel like there was certain things that you did in there that you sort of only could have done because you went through the gauntlet that was the competition? Yeah, you know, there were ideas in there, things that we pushed ourselves farther on. And in the end, it probably wasn't far enough. But, you know, uh, if Mark and I had built that as something we were going to display at a convention, it probably would have just leaned far more into kind of like the drab, dreary color palette of, you know, the kind of post-apocalyptic scene. Um, but Amy particularly had kind of been harping on this, uh, harp is a bad word. I'm sorry. <laughs> had been, um, had been repeatedly emphasizing the importance <laughs> of color and, um, you know, so we used color in a way that we might not have otherwise. Um, and then they were always, you know, Amy and Jamie seemed to us to be very interested, at least on our season in yes, story, but they, I think, placed a certain amount of emphasis on like seeing the stories through the minifigs. Um, mm -hmm. I, I found them both to be uh, more partial to like minifigures than I might have imagined, which makes sense because they're both, you know, uh, product team designers and have worked with that particular, you know, uh, character for many years. Um, but, uh, you know, so some of the little stories that we showed uh, in our final build, you know, probably were influenced by the amount of emphasis that the Brickmasters had placed on that uh, throughout the season. Yeah. Well, obviously, you're, and your build had like countless stories. I mean, you, you could have spent hours looking at that. Um, and you can if you go to Legoland, California. No, but, but, uh, but, uh, but, you know, you could really spend hours just staring at that and looking at all the different um, stories that were going on. And I, and I do think that in some ways, um, you know, that was something we didn't get to see in this uh, finale was like, just like a build teeming with stories from every angle. And, and it's a full 360 build and, and those sort of things. Um, but, you know, the other thing is, you know, we saw that the family segment for this proved to be pretty emotional for them, like you were getting at Mel. Um, you know, Caleb, uh, Caleb got to see his fiance. Um, they've since actually got married since the, the show aired. Um, but, you know, you mentioned, you know, that that family visit really can, you know, give you a lot of that extra confidence that you need to go into the rest of the challenge. You know, Tyler, you got a family visit, obviously, in the finale in real life. You know, do you feel like that 
getting that mid build phase, was that helpful to keep you going? Or was that like a little, did it take you out of the, of the competition at all? Yeah, I think the fact that it does take you out of the competition for a little bit is one of the things that's so good about it. Um, I, we got to just pause, you know, we were exhausted, we're building this you know, massive thing. And it was just wonderful to take that pause um, and spend a few minutes with family. And it's, yeah, it's like this energizing recharge to then like, okay, yeah, I can, I can go back to this now (laughs) and I can feel really good about it. Um, Just having seen my family, Uh, whether that's, you know, in in person, you're obviously going to get much more of a recharge, I would imagine. But uh, even even just a video call with your family, uh, I I hope that they got to spend a lot more time with their family on those video calls than we saw. Um, I would imagine so, uh, just to give them that time and that moment to kind of recharge and re-energize. Yeah, I mean, the thing I couldn't decide, and, and maybe you guys have an opinion on it, is it almost seemed like it was a pre-recorded video and not even really like a like a true Zoom call. Um, but, but, uh, but listen, like a message from home, we know that does wonders on other shows, um, you know, on big brother, they get a video from home when they win head of household and other some on survivor, they sometimes get like a video from home. So, uh, we, we know, or even a letter often can be enough on some of these shows. So, uh, you know, I, I doubt that this didn't, uh, didn't do what it was intended to do, if that makes any sense. And Boone, I mean, you got to see, you know, your, your little ones. So that, I mean, that had to be a big plus. Yeah, it was unreal. And the crazy thing about that was they were there through the finale once once the families showed up on season one they remained you know they didn't didn't hang around set while we finished the build but um they were you know back on set when we when the announcement was made um and so they had you know they didn't know what was coming none of us did but they were devastated and so i've got like at the time i've got like an eight-year-old and uh and a a five-year-old that are just like bawling you know because we didn't win and um but then out of that came this really precious moment where amy and jamie and will who i think had just been spending the last moments you know, congratulating Tyler and Amy and um, having some, some Tyler, you, you could speak to this, but I, I presume they had some moments of congratulation with you and your family. Is it, was that true? Yeah. I think they they took some, some pictures and yeah, there was some the pictures there for a few minutes. And then the next thing they did was those three, Will and Amy and Jamie came over and met my kids <laughs> and kind of like consoled them and told them how great they thought, you know, Mark and I had done. Um, and, uh, and so then my, you know, my kids in that moment made this connection with Amy Corbett that like, they will remember for the rest of their lives, you know, and they, they, I love to show her stuff, you know, uh, when, when I, when she posts something that my daughters love or that I think they'll love, I'll show them and that all they ooh and ah. And then when they create something that I think Amy will appreciate, I'll go ahead and message it to her. So that's been a fun, a fun little strange thing that came out of that situation. But um, I, I'm sorry, I, I went on a, I want a weird tangent there. That, that's what this podcast, I was about to say, that's what this podcast is known for, you know, so, you know, weird tangents galore. Um, but no, I mean, that's so cute. And and I'm sure when Will told, uh, you know, your 10, your eight year old not to push over Tyler and Amy's bill, that that was also special. Um, but we didn't get to see that on camera. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know what, you know, this was really the end of the build phase. You know, I, I think, um, the only other funny note I had here was um, uh, was that for Caleb and Jacob, when they were doing the hourglass flip, 
Caleb said, it's not the smartest idea, but it is the most fun idea. And I, and I think that that was um, a good, like emblematic quote for just, I think how they entered these last handful of challenges. I mean, I really felt like they were building, like they had nothing to lose and, and everything to gain. And, and I was like, they had more fun than maybe anyone did, especially in the latter half of this, of this contest, which I think was really exciting um, because I think that's what it's all about at the end of the day. You know, we're trying to have fun. Um, and, and do some really awesome stuff with a product we all love. Um, so I really did enjoy that. Um, you know, just yeah, coming that out was, of that was, that was something that Amy and I were, were talking about is just how much uh, Caleb and Jacob seem to really just have this, uh, kind of happy go lucky sort of attitude about everything. Um, I'm sure that's not always the case, but just with some of the other <laughs> teams, you know, even these, these final three teams, there's a little more, bit more gravity to you know mark and steven or zach and wayne they're like oh this is the finale and then caleb and jacob are like this is the finale Whoa, what are we doing here you know they they i love their attitude <laughs> they, they, they seem to be really having a lot of fun even in these sort of high stakes moments you know i was mentioning that on the last podcast with the castle bros uh you know if we build whoever builds a better castle you know and caleb said you know oh you know getting to the finals a hundred thousand dollars that's one thing but the castle bros Getting that title is more important. I was like, what? <laughs> but, but it really, but then, you know, seeing what they were able to build as twins and man, they couldn't have picked a better build than an hourglass, which is by definition, uh, twin circles that, that are forever interlocked with each other. It doesn't matter what is put inside of it and it falls to the bottom you flip it. The same process happens all over again. And that is their story. Like they're twins. They're forever interlocked with each other. And I thought them making that hourglass for me, I forgave all of that other stuff. Driving off of the cliff during that demolition derby, I forgave that. Like <laughs> what he said about the Castle Bro being more important than being Lego Master Champion, I forgave that. Because when they put that thing together and I saw that and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was blown away. I personally, I thought that was the best build of that of the night. Because that wow. was just the symbolism behind that build and it, its connection to them as twins. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I wouldn't have even thought of doing something like that. And that was impressive. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the best part about having three teams. Yes, they're all brothers, but they're all so different. You know, they really each brought such a unique perspective, you know, be it like we've talked about in many podcasts, their backgrounds or just, you know, the things that they're interested in. But yeah, I mean, it was, I, I almost felt like they were sort of the most fun to watch in terms of uh, these last, especially few episodes. I feel like while, you know, Mark and Steven are like, you know, bickering about tripping over chords, you know, uh, I feel like they would have laughed at it, you know, and, and been like, well, well, let's fix it, you know, um, and just had a little bit more fun with it. But who knows, who knows? Um, but why don't we jump then into those builds, you know, especially if Corey's going to start giving us hot takes about hourglasses, I feel like we have to jump in to the actual judging of this final challenge. And so, you know, we'll go uh, in order again. So we'll, we'll go with Zach and Wayne first. Their build was the pagoda of our lives. And theirs was the story of their lives. And there at the very top was Dragon's Gate, the peak of your journey with black and white dragons on either side. So, you know, obviously this was a pretty interesting build, very unique. You know, Boone, what did you think about how this one turned out? Yeah, this leads me to what I think um, the thing that I was going to mention earlier, and it's, it's almost bigger. It's a bigger comment than their build. Um, but I'll, I'll mention it. And it had me reflecting on the build that I created with Mark in the finale of the first season, because it was, there were some very, you know, there were some real similarities in that they've got this tall tower 
There's a bunch of, um, uh, you know, floors, if you will. And you can look into these floors and, and, and see the minifigure characters in different um, stories. Uh, and then they've got these dragons around the outside. And we know that that's, you know, there's some really strong symbology that those brothers have carried throughout this entire competition. Um, so it's cool to see what they did with that again. Um, but I think the twist that we had in common was that these things are going to go on display at Legoland. And I think what Stephen and Mark's build had in common with Amy and Tyler's build is that um, you can see them from 20 feet away and you you have a story from 20 feet away. You can see them from 10 feet away and you've got a story from 10 feet away. And then you can get in closer and see them right up close and you've got a story right up close. And I think that that may be the one little sliver of difference if it were me, it's just me speculating. I don't know. But that may be the one difference that, you know, made the difference for Mark and myself and for Wayne and Zach. Um, because from 20 feet away or 30 feet away, both of those second place win, uh, second place builds look like buildings, right? And you really do have to get in close to see what those stories are. But um, I think the winning builds... As I said, I'll, I know I do a lot of reiterating when I get to these <laughs> questions on this podcast, but just imagining as, as groups of people walking through a theme park, whether it you know be California in the gift shop and you walk in the gift shop and you see Artopia, um, or whether it be uh, you know Amy and Tyler's build in New York, or now Mark and Steven's build going to um, Florida, which that's kind of ironic, Tyler, that you're going to get to see theirs in person, but you got to go all the way to New York to see her. Anyway. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> we, we made that, we made that comment at the funny. show. We're like, hey, wait a minute. I want yeah, mine to yeah. be by me. Yeah. <laughs> but as, as you're, you know, walking up to it, you kind of see the big story and then you see the medium story and then you see the story when you get close. Um, so that, that was something I was thinking about when I watched the episode. Um, and I guess that's one of the ways that I kind of make peace with... <laughs> <laughs> with with uh, the results. Yeah, I mean, listen, T Tyler, you know, and Amy, they won, but you got to, you know, meet Tweety Bird, and I think that 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 means something, you know, which I think is uh, is is palpable. And and listen, and, you know, Tweety Bird <laughs> and I are not on speaking terms. I know, um, I know, I should have known. Bugs, Sorry. you can call me anytime, Tweety. You haven't heard the last of me. <laughs> it got really dark. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. I, uh, I didn't realize I, I, I brought up, uh, such bad blood. So I apologize, Boone, but, um, you know, but Mel, you know, I'm curious to get your thoughts. You know, I know you're a big fan of the big builds and Zach and Wayne certainly went big, you know, this time around, it was the tallest build in the room. So what do you think about how this one turned out? Uh, I think this one was very special. It was, um, and I mean, it was very clean, very clean. Um, I, I would have loved to see those, those dragons like twist or whatever, you know, uh, Zach had, you know, in hand at first. You know, I think that would probably add a little bit more pop to it. But this this build was very huge. Um, and it told it told their life story up, you know, from front to back, um, you know, and 
And that's just what that is just it though. Like you gotta, you know how like a singer sings a song and maybe they didn't sing the right song. And they, and they're a great singer, but they just didn't sing the right song to get the judges, you know, uh, attention. And I think that you know uh, to get them over the top, I think they just needed just a little bit more. Now, and, and it's tough because it's like, man, this thing, this thing's a masterpiece. You can see it. It's a masterpiece. But they, I think they needed just a little bit more. I don't think they sung the right song um, on this one. Um, I, I love the build. Don't get me wrong. This, I, this is something I probably would never be able to accomplish myself. But <laughs> I think that, you know, going up against, you know, the, the other two, I think you just didn't sing the right song so everybody can see the talent. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it goes back to a lot of the feedback that we've gotten throughout both seasons, which is... Is, um, you know, around, you know, the visual storytelling, sort of what Boone was getting at, which is, you know, there's all these different levels, but, you know, as, as a, as a build in its entirety, you know, it's, it's a lot of repeated sections, a lot of that same red level after level, you know, did they create enough icons, places for your eyes to land? Those sort of things that we've talked about in previous episodes. So, you know, Tyler, what was your thought then about how this one turned out? Yeah, like as a building, this was just stunning. Like it, it really stood out in the room. But as a as a masterpiece, I, I feel like a, a building, just just a building by itself. Even even though they had their stories uh, embedded in the structure, I, I feel like that's where it went a little bit wrong for them. Uh, I think they should have leaned into the storytelling, like we've mentioned before, um, and really, like you just said, you know, create some icons that are more iconic than just a, a, a structure. I think that's where it went wrong. But as a structure, man, it was gorgeous. It was clean. It was it was elegant, which is everything that they have proved they can do is just do these really just elegant and clean builds. Yeah. Well, and interestingly, you know, from a build standpoint, I did notice that the whole thing was propped up on four pillars. So essentially like this enormous building is sort of perched on these like four little pillars, um, which I thought was really unique. And it was hard to see in the edit. Um, but just to go over some of those stories like you were talking about, Tyler, there was uh, the ninjas, the sushi, the archery, Zach and his family with uh, their two kids, Emma and Henry. And so those were kind of those main levels, those main stories. And they did some interesting brick built characters, which I don't think we'd seen before from them throughout the competition. I, I, I appreciate I really appreciate their brick built characters because that's one of the things I love. So I love seeing all those little scenes that they had put in there. Um, and if I could say one more thing about the, the storytelling uh, I guess maybe they they had a hard time distinguishing between their story and telling a new story. Uh, I think I feel like a, a lot of their builds landed on you know telling their story, but not everybody knows their story. That's not as compelling as you know. A fight scene or, a, you know, a love scene, you know, something like that. Yeah. Well, and I think to Boone's interesting point about like that this is going to live on, you know, seeing, you know, an hour, a giant hourglass is kind of a, just an interesting object, you know, versus, uh, you know, the history of their lives. You know, certainly there's a museum for that, but not maybe the for the general public. You know, it's for, you know, a certain audience that might be might just be more interested in in hearing about them particularly versus just the anybody who walks up off the street, maybe didn't even watch the show. And that might see that in person. But, you know, the one thing I was trying to think about, you know, if it was there some way to enhance this concept, you know, to your point, to tell that story in a more in a more, you know, narrative type of a way. And so part of me had this thought, you know, that the opening was on the same side of the building. You know, what if it had wrapped around the building and the building rotated or or, or the sections rotated? So it revealed each chapter of that story one at a time. Certainly that would have been an unbelievable mechanism and I'm not sure how they would have done it. But but to your point, it may have actually 
in some ways told the story instead of just showed us all the scenes at once, um, let it unfold, let it breathe a little bit. Um, but, you know, Corey, you know, for, for Zach and Wayne, you know, I know you, you've been a big fan of theirs all along. You know, what, what, any additional thoughts in terms of how this one turned out? Um, I mean, to be quite honest, as, as much as I loved all of their builds this entire season, they made a pig, uh, a pig house flying and rotating <laughs> at the same time, you know, and to see what they were able to do for their final bill. In my opinion, it was a bit of a step down. Um, I don't know if it means, you know, like Tyler mentioned before, you know, the creativeness, you know, this is, this was 12 episodes. So this was a lot longer than our season. So that's two extra episodes that they had to film. They had to create, they had to build. So maybe they just got to the point where they were like, you know what, maybe, maybe we're, we're running out of things in the tank. You know, um, I, I would have loved to see, even if it was the dragons that was able to spin around the actual building itself, or like you guys mentioned, uh, revealing each level or, or having it spin to reveal each level. Cause if you look inside, there was a scene, which I really liked. They had a scene on the foreground and then they had another scene in the background. So you really didn't have a chance to really see the details. But if you were able to pause and capture it, like there was one scene where I think it was like a family on one side. And then behind that, where the lights were on, you saw like a ninja scene in the background. So they, they, they were able to, to give you layers of storytelling. But the thing that they're known for is the technicality. And that was one thing that was missing from this build, that that movable technicality. Because if I'm not mistaken, that was the one thing, this was the one build that did not have a, a, a moving presence, um, which was their build. So I think it was a step down for them, honestly. Yeah. And we saw how the mechanism definitely got the better of them. And, you know, you're going to have your good days and your bad days. But yeah, it was something that stood out to me too. You know, this was also the first, you know, this is the first one we're talking about in terms of the day and the night look, you know, yeah. so, you know, in this one here, when it, when the lights dimmed, I wouldn't say they turned off, I would say they dimmed. <laughs> uh, we saw that the lights really lit up all the different scenes, you know, so it almost seemed more like those were little movie sets. But, you know, Boone, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Like you said you've used lights before. You know, how do you think that, how did they do in terms of fulfilling the challenge and, and using lights to great effect? I honestly think, let me think through the builds here real quick. Um, I think Mark and Steven used the lights in kind of the most compelling way, particularly with the water. I felt like what those kind of rotating lights down at the bottom added to the waterfall was maybe the most, like the single most, um, you know, interesting use of lights in across all three of the builds. Uh, but I don't know that any of the builds, at least coming across the television, you know, I, I would love to see these at a uh, lights out at brick world, Chicago, you know, in a really dark room. Right. Yeah. They, they really can't show it on television. So I don't know that any of the builds had that real like transformation from light to dark that the Brickmasters described at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the challenge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling a lot of that has to do with just the way light is handled in production situations. Right. Um, it'd be fun yeah. to see them in person. I hope. <laughs> totally. I hope 
I hope that there's some way, you know, I was thinking about that um, in regards to these being on display at Legoland. I hope that there's some way that they build, you know, into the experience. I don't know how they would do it, but some way for <laughs> yeah. people to be able to see that that in, in person. No, I agree. I mean, the, the actual language, I, I have it grabbed from the intro to the challenge, which was don't let your model get lost in the dark surprise us and give us something unexpected to stand out from the others. And and to your point, I'm not sure that any of them really satisfied that to that level to say when the lights turned on, I was just like, whoa, this was totally unexpected, something I didn't expect to see. And I think in this case, it was sort of like, um, you know, when the football game starts going late and then they turn on the lights in the stadium, you know, is a game under the lights special? It's super special. You know, I mean, it's cool that you get to watch a football game at night. You know, but, you know, in some ways it's just illuminating what was already there versus using the lights to surprise or add an element that wasn't there when the lights were on. Right. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, like we know how many restrictions beyond (laughs) the, you know, beyond the scope of what you hear as the audience in in the challenge brief you know we know that for every couple of brief descriptions you hear from the brickmasters in a challenge brief there are pages of rules around how to execute that challenge um and so uh, you know who who knows what specific kind of nuanced things influence the builds and the builders and, and how that panned out but i think it's a real thing that it's hard to say that that the result, the end results were really um, satisfying that that transformation that the Brickmasters described at the beginning of the challenge. Yeah. Well, and then the other interesting thing that I was surprised about um, was that we didn't get any judges feedback from for any of the builds. You know, like it really gave us no clue into what the judges were thinking. Um, and that was a big surprise for me. You know, Mel, I see you nodding along. It sounds like it was a surprise for you, too, um, because like. I feel like, you know, when I'm trying to be the person at home and try to decide, well, how did one person win over the other person or, or what, you know, what stood out or what was their fatal flaw? You know, we, we, I rely sometimes on the Brickmaster's opinions because it's ultimately their opinion at the end. It's not my opinion or, you know, Corey's opinion or any of our opinions, you know, it's, uh, it's their opinion. So when I don't get any of it, I feel like that was a little bit, uh, strangely, uh, uh, unsatisfying for me to not get any of it because we're so used to it too. And just the format of the judging. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was, this was definitely an interesting one, you know, and you know, they're very, it's great to see like that they bond together as brothers. Um, you know, Zach said, uh, that Wayne was like his golden brick, um, you know, which I thought was very cute um, getting to see that at the end. But why don't we then move on to Caleb and Jacob's build? So Caleb and Jacob had the lands of time. It was an hourglass at, with two distinct worlds, the world of day, a bustling world with lots of life and the world of night inhabited by bats and brave explorers. So Corey, you know, you were mentioning just how impressed you were with this build. So why don't we let you kick it off? And talk about this one. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Again, um, watching what watching them build and um, kind of building simultaneously, uh, side by side, it it was the perfect build for them as twins because um, they have to share everything. An hourglass needs the top half in order for it to be an hourglass. Eternity it is it's an eight on its side. It, it needs the other loop to continue its process. So as twins, you know you need each other. You've been with each other since birth, you know, since in the womb. So, you know, it's a fitting, it was a fitting tribute to themselves. Um, 
you know, and then even even it standing out, it was huge. It was it was definitely eye catching. And to see when the lights went off and how the world underneath they were able to show like this white castle like lit up as if it was a party on every single floor of that castle. And the different lighting, the different coloring was just coming to life. And then to show that back, kind of waking up and opening up and flapping his wings and stuff, man, I, I was really impressed by what they were able to do. I mean, they have been showing growth throughout the entire uh, process on Lego Masters. And that's what you want to see. You want to see a team that starts from one place and then you want to see them continuously grow throughout the challenges. They may not win every challenge. They may be in the middle, but you still see, all right, wow, they took what they learned in the last challenge and they implemented into this challenge and then they continue to go. And to see what they were able to do as their final masterpiece. Um, yeah, I was I was so impressed. I, I, I definitely thought it was the strongest build um, of the episode. I, I thought it was probably their strongest build outside of that castle with the with the bridge falling apart. I, I thought it was their strongest build. So they need to be very proud of what they were able to accomplish in this final build because was a masterpiece. Yeah. And certainly flipping half of it upside down was not a shy move. You know, like we're talking about, like, how far can you push things for the mm -hmm. last episode? It definitely wasn't a shy move. But Mel, you know, what did you think about this one? Uh, seeing it in its final form? Like you said, uh, um, you know, you, you, you're tasked to do a, an epic build and they kind of, you know, you, you split their build into a two, you know, two halves and, you know, and he's he's got it upside down. That enough for me is is automatic you know like an automatic win because that's something that we haven't seen in this comp haven't seen so and then like both halves are functional too like you know like you say you got the bat flapping and and the bat has eyes you know you know glowing eyes i like i like the the way he used the lights and he's telling you look you know the, there's the hustle and bustle and then the city is coming alive, like, you know, with all those gears, they, they're going around and around. And uh, um, I, I just I love how he construct the, um, the you know, the uh, the hourglass itself was just flawless, like the, the wooden parts of the hourglass, which is like the pillars were just flawless. Um, and then, you know, these two are so cocky that he looks over to his <laughs> gonna make any accessories and he goes wow you know and you can see you can see like you know caleb like oh you know uh uh there's there's not enough time brother you got enough time you just so you know breath you know this build is breathtaking so you know you got enough time make the accessories but he chose not to and they perfect you know what the the, the model that they had on the tape so you know kudos to them man it, it it was definitely something i never seen yeah and certainly i loved the technique that they did to capture the glass like obviously you know, it's, I don't know how you build glass, you know, especially at that sort of scale, but the way they use the flex tubes and the clear pieces and the way they were able to tie that together, I thought that was like a pretty compelling build. But, uh, you know, Tyler, what did you think of the hourglass and how it all turned out? This is probably the most original and unique build that we've seen uh, maybe in all of Lego Masters, uh, just because what are you going to build for your final build? I'm going to build an object like most people want to build a, a scene, but okay, I'm going to build a real life object, but scaled up, but inside it is going to be something you don't expect. It's going to be two different cities and just I, I hats off to them for their creativity at this stage of the game. I mean, they've gone through 11 episodes and they're now in the 12th and they have the creativity to pull out something this awesome. Like, that's amazing. I couldn't have done that. I would have never <laughs> thought of an hourglass. Um, you know, part of me wonders if they've been, you know, thinking about this moment the whole time, you know, like, oh, if we get to the finale and they ask us what we want to build, what are we going to build? Um, you know, maybe they've been thinking about it a long time and had it planned. Uh, maybe not. 
maybe they just like got there and were like, hey, this is what we're going to do. But yeah, just I love the uniqueness of it and the originality, just very, very one of a kind. Yeah, I, it's certainly something I would have never even thought of. I feel like a, the building upside down piece should be like a challenge next season. Like you have to build the whole thing, but it has to hang upside down. I guess it's kind of like the one hanging brick, but even that upside down would be harder. But, you know, Boone, you know, certainly, you know, this one also with its two distinct worlds, they took that day and night piece very literally. Um, but I'm curious to think to get your thoughts on the build and especially the lighting component. I, I liked the bat. I I really enjoyed the gearing that they were using. That was a little bit more complex than I would have anticipated because it seemed like it made the, the wings almost sort of like curl in, not just like flap. Um, that's what really caught my attention on that one when I was watching the show. Um, you know, and I was just sort of thinking about that build and, um, you know, I, I think that the, the story didn't quite hit me the way that, um, you know, the other two stories did, but, um, but it was certainly gutsy and I loved the moment where they turned the top over you know, I know everyone here has already mentioned that, but just watching them click in that kind of like plate, what do you call that? Strapping. Um, <laughs> is there another, is there another term for that? Uh, that's what Tyler and Amy used on their bridge. Tyler, what do you call that? Hello, they tied it together. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway I, don't know. I think, I think Jamie has some official word for that, but um, watching them just tie those pieces together with just a few like two by uh, they were like two by sixes or two by eights or something it was so satisfying to see the pieces come together um and i and i think that for me overshadowed their story i don't know if that is my fault as a viewer or their fault as as uh, storytellers or both but um that's that's where i was left with it. <laughs> well or the edit too you know and i think that the hard part um that i think maybe is why you may have not connected with the story is because they had to build in those spherical shapes I think it was a little bit constraining of what they could build. Um, you know, they talked about that during the build phase a little bit, that they had locked themselves into the scale of the hourglass, you know, very early on, especially because of the way that the pieces needed to fit together. There wasn't a really easy way to rework it. And I think because the worlds within had those spherical shapes, you know, the underside or the top side of the dark world couldn't have a lot of detail because it had to, you know, come to a point as a curved, you know, spherical object. And so I, I do feel like while there was enough to make each world very distinctive, it wasn't enough to necessarily bring it to life with the immense amount of detail, like, like we saw from them in the previous challenge. You know, I mean, there was so much going on on the bridge. There was the jousting, there was the fishermen, there was all the fans, there was people. I mean, there's so much story, so much life happening in that small castle city that we didn't get in this one. Um, we saw a little bit like there was some explorers hanging from the dark world. There was little uh, people attached to kind of the spinning tiers of the lower world. So we saw them sort of running around. But why were they running around and what was going on? You know, I think that that might have been a little bit lost to your point, Boone. And, and I think that that might have been one of the factors here in terms of, um, you know, what may have been working against them slightly is that the concept was so strong. Did they realize that concept enough? You know, I think that's sort of what that's I think what was hitting me during that part of watching it. But yeah. So from a light standpoint, you know, there was eyes on the bats. There was disco colors down below. And I almost feel like from a lighting standpoint. Uh, they saw they saw all the bells and whistles and they went crazy. They're like, you know, they was sort of like, oh, rainbow lights. Oh, this sort of lights where, you know, like so my question sometimes is like, did these things have enough purpose? You know, so Tyler, I'm curious to get your thoughts. You know, if you felt like the lights had the purpose that they're sort of meant to have 
for this challenge? Yeah, I feel like they could have leaned into their use of lights more. Um, I know they had a lot of mechanical stuff and I don't know how mechanical things and lights can necessarily incorporate, especially when you have spinning. But I think I think they did as well as they could have maybe. Uh, I feel like none of the teams necessarily leaned into the lights and what they could do with them. I think Boom was mentioning this already. They just kind of lit up certain aspects of it and left it at that. And I I, I, I get what uh, Caleb and Jacob were trying to do. They're trying to create this, you know, lively city and use the lights to kind of create that uh, energy and life, which that worked. And then like the night scene, they light up the, you know, the key elements like the bat's eyes, which is really nice. Uh, but like we were talking about, I think there's a lot of ways they could have used, especially with the day and the night scene, they could have used shadow or something like, you know, cast shadows from other objects, you know, with that sort of day and night thing to, you know, kind of maybe add a different aspect to their build. Yeah. Well, and that was like a thing I think we talked about at the end of the last podcast when we were talking about the day and night aspect of it is, is that certain things that seem very normal during the day can become scary at night. You know, you think of like the things in a child's bedroom, you know, the monster under the bed and you find out that it's just like a rolled up sweater, you know, like, but it's because at night those things look scary. And, and I, I did sort of wish that someone had done that, um, you know, had sort of made um, maybe it's a gleaming city during the day, but at night it's like the seedy underworld and it, and it gets darker, um, you know, something along those lines. And, and that's sort of where, where my head was at with the day and night was hoping someone would maybe pull some something like that out, um, making the world uh, a more dangerous or scary place as it gets darker. I was imagining like, you know, those, you know, those velvet like color posters where like there's like a hidden, you know, like glow in the dark. And so it, you color it one way and it looks like one thing. And then you turn on like the, the black light and it's a yeah. completely, completely changes the picture. That is what I was imagining when the Brickmasters gave is, issued that challenge. Um, and I think all of the builders did an excellent job. Like I've said, you know, I, I think the, it, there was a range from Mark and Steven probably using the, the lights to kind of communicate the most meaningful, you know, imagery icons were a word that Amy and Jamie likes like to use a lot um, with us. But uh and then the other end of that spectrum might have been Caleb and Jacob a little bit more on the end of like, hey, let's just let's put as many lights in here as possible. Yeah, <laughs> they, they don't all necessarily serve a specific purpose. Um, and then with, you know, Wayne and uh, I always want to say Wayne and Garth, Wayne and Zach um, somewhere <laughs> in the middle. Um, but uh, I've lost my point there. But I think it's just that, you know, they all did a great job with it. But it, it would have been really cool to see some, you know, they use that word transformation. And I don't know if I don't know if anybody saw a transformation. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't mean to belabor that point. They all did wonderful. Please don't listen <laughs> to this and hear me knocking on these guys because it's an unbelievable challenge. Um, they use the lights very well. I just uh it's surprising <laughs> that that at least one of the teams didn't sort of like go a direction. Uh, of of really using the lights to do something different than you know sh than what you might see during during the, yeah. with the lights on. Now I was gonna say to piggyback off of Boone's point, um, yeah, like it, I was looking for some some glow in the dark, and I know Lego doesn't have a lot of options when it comes to glow in the dark pieces, but you know that transformation, you know, seeing something in one way during the day and then another way at night, you know, I, I feel as though that a lot of the teams kind of kind of barely hit that mark. So I kind of understand exactly what Boone is, is trying to say. It's not a matter of like, you know, their builds weren't great. Their builds were astonishing. But, you know, if you shut off the lights, you really can't see the builds. 
You know, it's not the lights really doesn't. Um, and, and that could just be the fact that they just didn't have enough material to reflect the lights better. You know, maybe they didn't have enough transparent pieces. You know, there's all different factors in, in this. Um, you know, I think the one team that that had a pretty solid usage of lights was um, uh, was Zach and Wayne, because you could see the light kind of travel straight through their tower. Um, so you kind of you can still see that you may not be able to see the dragon or you know the actual structure itself but that centerpiece with all the stories being told you could you could see that because the lighting was was illuminating very highly on that so um you know i i just think it was just a matter of like you know what they had available and what lego produces as like a glow-in-the-dark feature as well so yeah well i just had this thought like you know what if somebody had made like a structure out of black pieces and then when the lights lit up, you saw like a phrase or an evil set of eyes reveal yeah, themselves. Cool. You know, like I feel like that's what I was hoping we would see is, is something more like that. Just to like sort of take it. Pol- yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I guess, you know, one quick question then for, you know, for maybe for you, Boone, you know, I have to imagine that you had a, some sense that the, in the finale, you might get to build whatever you want. And you know, do you think that they, especially coming off of season one, they might have known that they could have built whatever they want and they hadn't planned for the lights. And so, you know, they couldn't go like lights first or lights forward. They sort of were like, well, we all had all these ideas that, you know, we'd build an hourglass. Now, how do we make it a lights build? I'm curious to get your thoughts if you think that may have influenced them or if it, you know, influenced you. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question because I think maybe all of us to some degree have that idea that like, here's some things in the back of our head. And of course, I've talked about, you know, kind of like um, component type executions that I that I'd dreamt of that sort of were able to fit easily into a bigger idea. But, um, you know, Mark and I didn't have any ideas before a challenge or before the competition that ended up in the competition because uh, and that's not to say we didn't have ideas, but <laughs> we didn't we didn't use any of them when it came down to it because the production does a very good job of number one, not giving you stuff you've seen before. And number two, when they've given you stuff you've seen before, they give you something that makes it seem like you need to give it a new approach, you know? Yeah. Um, And so it'll be fun to find out from those guys if they're, you know, if they feel like they are able to tell us whether any of those ideas for the finale were ideas they had before or not. Um, But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see about that, I suppose. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, even if they had ideas, they might have had to rethink those ideas when they discovered how important to the challenge, the lighting uh, component was. Yeah. But, but, but to your point, you know, to your point, perhaps, perhaps they all had those ideas before. Um, and, uh, and that's part of the reason why the lights seemed to be less, of uh, kind of an impact than than you might have guessed based on the challenge brief. Yeah. I mean, I think about something like the flip my block challenge, you know, like the house challenge. You know, Mark and Steven probably didn't have the idea of like a haunted house themed house to build. But when they knew that they had to create a wacky house, that's what they thought of. And that's what they built. You know, like, so I think that that's sort of maybe what this challenge in some ways was lacking was this like if, if this was just, you know, challenge seven, a day and night challenge, then you'd have to think to yourself, okay, it's day and night. How do I come up with the most impactful concept that really heightens that day and night component versus, well, we were 
really set on this build. And so we're not going to change it. I mean, who knows to your point, but um, that was definitely something that crossed my mind. So we'll have to, like you said, we'll have to wait for the exit press to tell us more there. <laughs> um, but why don't we move on then to the final build? This was Mark and Steven's build, the Warden of the Woods. And in this story, it was a 1000 year old tree that was specifically 375 feet tall. And it was a tree being that was the guardian of all forests. And that the guardian um, also uh, would find those people who were lost. And we saw many figures of Mark and Stephen as the example in the in this guardian's hand. You know, but this was obviously a very different build than the other ones. But Mel, what stood out to you about the Mark and Stephen's final build? So, um, I wanted to hear the story about them getting lost because eventually, like, you know, there are many figures or, you know, uh, shift like many figures were in the hands of this guardian. So I want to I want to hear like the, the you know, the story of them getting lost in the woods, you know, <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know, that's what I want to hear about. Um, but the guardian, oh, man, like the, the guardian, the guardian had muscles. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he had muscles so he looked like a real superhero he did and uh he was larger than life you know you see him in the light and uh he, you know he's commanding of the forest and then you know you turn the lights off and the eyes the eyes of this guardian was just so so majestic right he, i mean he was just as majestic as it with the lights on and I think they kind of nailed that. Like, then you look at the water, right? And I don't know exactly how they did it, but they <laughs> let the, like this rotating light inside of these, of these, you know, transparent pieces, which is, which is the water, which is the lake and the effects, the, you know, the shimmering effects of the water. You can actually see like the water, it felt like the water was flowing when the lights were off, you know, kudos to the brothers because that bill definitely, definitely trophy worthy. Yeah. I mean, certainly the warden itself is a large icon, you know, I mean, like we were talking about earlier that stands out um like boone was saying from you know maybe even 50 feet away um but you know Corey, what did you think about the warden of the woods yeah the i thought this build uh again yeah man mel just took the words out of my mouth and this dude did not skip any type of day at the gym yeah. um, <laughs> he did a great job building the structure of this beast of this uh, tree and you know uh, when i saw it immediately i thought of Groot. Uh, from um, Guardians of the Galaxy and how, you know, each part of his body is is rigid, but then soft at certain points. So there were there were certain points of this build where you can see kind of through it and you can they utilize the lighting so you can see kind of through the tree and get it kind of you couldn't get too close, but you can kind of tell like those areas of softness. There was some tiles, some transparent tiles that they use. To, to kind of show that light kind of beaming out of this uh, creature. And I thought that was just really lovely how they did it. Um, the platform of which this big uh, tree was on was just remarkable what they were able to build. Um, it looked it looked so good. Um, and they are really good at doing that that kind of effect with water um, and with the lights. Um, you know, seeing one one of the works that they did at, at a previous uh, convention and how they just kind of made this ever flowing type of look with just transparent pieces and lighting it's it's definitely game changing um i haven't seen anything like that so um i thought with this build they really put their heart and soul in it it looked like they poured everything that they could possibly pour into this build and you know and, and the cool thing about it is that during this whole process they were like you know what 
we, we have all these Lego pieces. Let's build the biggest thing we've ever built for. And you know, when we're going to ever get this opportunity again to build, you know, something, you don't have to buy the pieces. You don't have to wait for these pieces to be uh, shipped. And then you just lose passion for the project. You know, it's, you can put it all out there and the world is going to see what you're able to do. And, um, you know, they, they definitely uh, showcased that talent and they showcased it in their work. It It was great. Yeah. Well, I think like to your point about like the base that it sat on, I sort of feel like from a time management standpoint, they used every minute to add more detail, add more depth, add more stories, you know, and I, and I feel like it reminded me a lot of your build, Tyler, you know, maybe because of the more natural landscape, you know, where there was lots of rock work and leaves and trees and all that sort of stuff that really helped bring it to life. But what did you think about how this one turned out? Well, first off, it's a character. You know, those are something that I hold near and dear. <laughs> Um, I am super impressed with the scale of this character. I mean, I've never built a character this size before. And they were able to to do it in such a way that he wasn't just a, a statue, a static symmetrical figure. But he looks like he's walking. He looks like he's moving. He looks like he's, you know, part of the landscape and just that that organic nature of this character that's that huge and being able to like sculpt that pose into it, uh, that takes a lot of skill. And I was really, really impressed with just the fact that they were able to create such a dynamic pose, I guess, as much as you can with a a large figure like that. Um, Very impressive character. Yeah. Well, I think the other interesting thing that sort of, I had to go back a couple of times when I was watching it to, to notice is that there was also a, a section of limbs and trees uh, or like on of the tr- like trees on his back, on his shoulders that were rotating kind of in a really slow kind of breezy like way that I, it almost was slow enough that I almost missed it because they kept doing quick cuts. But if you looked at it, it really did look like it was coming to life, you know, right there on the platform, which I which it's like a. It's, it's like tasteful movement. Like it's not, it's very subtle. It's very subtle. And it just, it, like you said, it makes him feel alive. Like his tree limbs moving is like his way of breathing or something. It was, it was, it was very, very well done. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, Boone, you're a fan of many different lores, but it certainly reminds me at least a little bit of Lord of the Rings, you know, obviously there, there we, there's those tree creatures there, a giant staff, you know, maybe that's a Gandalf, you know, motif for me, but curious to see your thoughts about how this one all looked at the end. Oh yeah, that's definitely what stuck out to me was the Ents from uh, Lord of the Rings and thinking about the uh, hobbits sort of like traveling across this great distance on this giant tree creature. Um, they, they certainly gave it a different look, you know, they, um, they gave it a different uh, aesthetic. So it, it wasn't, it didn't feel like they were doing that. You know, it didn't feel like they were copying that. It felt like they were making their own thing. Um, I think Tyler is spot on with, uh, you know, just the the complexity, the size and the detail of this character. Um, but one other thing that really stuck out to me was the, the, the organic yet... The, the balance of organic and symmetrical in their landscape, there was this sort of circle of waterfall, you know, and, and how they, you know, it could have been very flat, right? It could have been like water kind of coming straight down. And, you know, it, I think you can imagine some 
builders who uh you know might have made something that was just very flat um but these guys it was these kind of rolling um almost like white water rapid type feeling this rolling water and and not only did they do that sort of over the you know the axis of the direction the water was flowing but they also wrapped it around so it was kind of this you know, um, multi-directional, spherical, yet organic feeling uh, build that was going on down there around the feet of the creature. Um, and that, you know, I looked at that and, and thought, man, that would be uh, really challenging. And so to, to achieve both of those, you know, not just an incredible looking creature with a lot of detail, a lot of of uh, you know uh, build challenge challenging build techniques incorporated into the creature but they didn't skimp on the the landscape either right like they had excellence displayed in both both of those aspects of the build yeah i mean to your point they didn't sacrifice the figure for the landscape or the landscape for the figure and they really had so many extra details you know they had that mushroom that they added there's a like a bird on the on the creature's shoulder there was a frog by its foot like there's really a lot that they packed in. So like I said, I feel like the time was used well to make sure that every additional build, every additional thing they decided to add to it, just gave it more character, more things to look at, more things to bring that world to life. And it really felt so 360, you know, the way that you were saying the base was round, but it really brought it full 360 in terms of, you know, nothing was out of pa- out of place and nothing didn't have detail. You know, there wasn't like a like a section in the back that could have used a little bit more stonework or something like that, that I really did admire about this one. You know, there was even additional trees. And I think that they took a lot of their notes from Amy over the season on color because the leaves on it weren't green. You know, they were fall colored leaves and it had almost like what looked like a Chewbacca bandolier satchel that was made out of like the pink magenta leaves. And so I really felt like they, in a lot of ways, this felt like the ultimate culmination of for them because they were using the lights well. We've mentioned the green sections lit up on the legs. There was lights in the trees, lights in the eyes, lights in the eyes of the frog. I mean, they really, the moving lights in the water. So they'd done a lot with the lights. There was a lot of motion. There was motors in the water, motors on the tree. They they brought in all the motion. And then obviously story and character and detail. You know, this really had that in spades, um, which was just really exciting to see, you know, kind of as their final showpiece. Any final thoughts, um, you know, that we haven't covered you know, in terms of anything else that stood out to you when it comes to this one? I, I think their their mentality going into this challenge was that number one, and I'm, I'm not speaking for them, but just if I was in their heads, number one, we made it to the finale. Number two, people are going to see our build. So I think the way they approach this as if they were going to a convention and they wanted best in they wanted best in the convention type award, you know, you, you want that best in class award, you know. So in their mindset, you want you want that wow factor. And I think out of all the builds, um, you know, Mark and Steven's build was a build that you can you can have its own tour and people will look at it and they're not going to just look at it and say, oh, wow, that's a pretty big structure. They're going to look for those little those little pieces and for them to take something that they learned over the course of their 12 weeks on the show and encompass all that into one build um i think that they i think that they demonstrated that uh better than any other team um when it comes to everything that judges are looking for what people are looking for where where you know former 
uh, contestants of the show is looking for, you know, and I think that that's what they did to really bring it all together. Um, so, um, yeah, when I went, you know, even mentioning those little items here and there, here and there, like I didn't even know there was a frog. Now I want to go back and you know, <laughs> find that frog. You know, those are those are cool items. That mushroom immediately. I, I, I remember that I saw that mushroom in it and it, and it sits out because it made it nice, big and red. So that that pops. So you have like little pockets of pop color. You know, there was a lot in this build that you can sit and dissect and, you know, they really left it all on the table. You know, yeah. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Well said. Well, obviously like when it comes to finishing the judging phase, we have to get on to the results. I mean, this is the finale and we want to find out obviously who wins. One thing I will say is a slight uh, pause in our programming is that if you listen to the end of last podcast, you know that not only is the title of Lego masters on the line, but there was a bet made in the last episode. And so just to recap, if you didn't listen, which I don't know why you wouldn't have, but uh, Mel, Corey, and I were on the last episode and we made a bet. We each picked one of the teams and on the line is a $20 set from the two losers for the winner. Um, and so uh, the just to recap, I had Caleb and Jacob, Corey had Zach and Wayne, and Mel had Mark and Steven. So, you know, it's all on the line here as we review these results um, and we'll get into it. Um, hey, hey, but Tyler, Wait, wait, Tyler, what he didn't tell you, what he didn't tell you, Tyler, Tyler, looking at me like I'm the villain, like, wait, what he didn't tell you, Tyler, is that I gave him first pick, that I gave Troy the second pick. So by who, the who fall, had first pick? Michael I had. Did. Oh. And then Corey had second pick. I got, I got bamboozled. I got bamboozled. <laughs> so I, I, I walked into it, brother. I, <laughs> <laughs> there was nobody else to pick but Amy and Jamie and they wasn't in it. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Well, let's talk about then how everybody placed. So, you know, in third place, and listen, like I said, I was really struggling with all of this because we got no feedback from the judges. There was maybe one random line that Amy gave of praise for Caleb and Jacob's build, but it was literally the only thing we heard from the judges throughout the entire judging phase. But when it came to this, you know, we first got our third place finishers, which in this case was Caleb and Jacob. Jamie said, I love, love, love that you see a world of possibilities with every challenge you face. Um, you know, but you know, this one, you know, Corey, I, I, you know, I know you said this was the best build of the night. You know, I'm curious to get your thoughts about their third place placement. Um, I, I, though I, I felt, though I see it as the best build of the night. Um, the way I see it as the best build is the best reflection of who they are as a team, um, as brothers, as twins. Um, I thought that that was, um, I think the other, the other two I will mention when we get to it, but, um, as it relates to them being twins and just being that symbolism in the hourglass and that hourglass kind of just standing on its own and the complexity of making an hourglass and making it stick. Um, you know, I, I thought that was amazing. Any other challenge, I definitely think that would, that would take number one. Um, but again, you're, you're, they're going up against the best of what this season has to offer. And when you when you stand them up against the other two, you know, I, I can see why the other two got the edge off of them, um, which it still doesn't take away from, you know, them coming in third place. You know, their story was, was really contained in that hourglass. You really couldn't do anything else with that hourglass. You couldn't build anything around it. You couldn't uh, showcase anything on top of it. The hourglass had to speak for itself. And, um, you know, it did, but, you know, they also had a, a couple of two other teams that was able to uh, create a world around what they built. So um, I understood. I understood that. And it, it was a fair to give them the third place. Yeah. Tyler, I guess, what did you think then? You know, did, did you feel like this felt like the right team here, um, you know, to, you know, get our bronze medal? Maybe I'm in the minority here. I, I don't. Um, I actually thought that uh, 
Caleb and Jacob deserve the second place spot. Now I know the the judges are looking at all of the builds over the entire season. Um, so maybe that weighed against them a little bit, but I still think their builds that they've done really well at and the challenges that they've won uh, really put them in a spot that I think would have earned them the second place spot and not the third. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's actually where my, where my head was at too. You know, I, I felt like, you know, in terms of this challenge, you know, it was something we'd never seen before movement, you know, lights, they really had a lot going for them. And, and listen, they, they definitely, uh, they didn't start peaking till late. You know, I think the story of Zach and Wayne, especially was a lot of them, you know, kind of always being a bridesmaid, you know, never a bride when it came to getting second place in so many challenges, challenge after challenge, you know, most of the I feel like at least half the challenges Mark and Steven won, they were second in, you know, those sort of things. So maybe that, to your point, was a, a contributing factor, um, you know, to them sort of br- coming in second. But I, I actually kind of would have thought maybe the flip there. Um, but um, but yeah, that was just sort of my perspective. But, you know, Mel, what, what's your thoughts or any final thoughts maybe about Caleb and Jacob? I think I think Tyler's right. Um, for me, uh, you know, I've been Zach and Wayne since... <laughs> episode one right like exactly exactly but like i said like this is that that moment where your best singer just didn't sing the right song and so i think that i think that in this challenge you know amy and jamie probably got it wrong and i think caleb and jacob it would definitely earn that that second spot just because of the technical build ability right they took a bill and they flipped it upside down so that if that ain't number one michael you know it's gotta be <laughs> worth number two it's gotta be like because you did because, I mean, they answered that call. Amy and Jamie said, give us something we haven't seen. You haven't seen that. Yeah. You haven't. And so, you know, I think I think that they, you know, like they picked at the right moment. I, I For me, I think that that was a second place build, if not first place. You know what I mean? And so, uh, um, you know, um, not not to take away anything from Zach and Wayne, because those are, are very competitive builders. And, you know, you could tell that they have, you know, great talents. I just think that for this song, um, you know, uh, Caleb and, and Jacob came in, came yeah, I mean, it's it's so tough. I mean, you've said it all season, Mel, you know, everyone's only two degrees separating them, you know, but I feel like, uh, you know, that was a bit of a surprise for me, you know, coming into this final thing. You know, I, I sort of felt like they were, you know, definitely contenders, you know, and listen, we're talking about like three different carrots a diamond. You know, I mean, these are the these are the creme de la creme builds, stuff we've never seen before. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was definitely a little disappointed. Maybe Maybe not just because I had them uh, in in our big bet, but also just because I really was was shocked and impressed by just the ingenuity and the concept of it all. Um, but Boone, you know, what do you think? You know, or any fond farewell thoughts to Jake, uh, Jacob and Caleb? Yeah, Jacob and Caleb just had such fun energy, you know, and they I really think they proved themselves themselves throughout the competition that they deserve to be there in the end. Um, you know, I I think as far as like in second place. I think um, Wayne and uh, Zach deserve that uh, as much as any other team from season two. Um, you know, I I, I think uh, I could have as easily seen Caleb and Jacob in that position. Um, but but you know, for the last week, people everywhere have been asking me who's going to win, and I've said all three all three of those teams. Yeah. No, n- not a single one of those teams would have surprised me by pulling out a win in this in this final challenge so and that goes for caleb and jacob for sure yeah Um, so great guys uh you know wonderful wonderful builds and can't wait to see what uh what they come up with next i know right i mean they've got a castle bros title to defend now uh you know which 
We talked a little bit about in the last episode, you know, I feel like people are going to challenge them left and right for the belt. Um, but uh, no, honestly, a fond, fond farewell to Caleb and Jacob. But as we look then to your point to the winner, Boone, you know, this is where, you know, all the tension builds, you know, and we were talking about at the beginning of the episode is that the fanfare, you know, for this final announcement, you know, just couldn't be there because of the the timing that it was. But the winner at the end of the day this time was Mark and Steven. Their Warden of the Woods and everything really pulled it out in the end. And we saw some fireworks. Um, you know, Steven said, I'm dizzy. Can I stand up right? Um, I, I, I will say I felt like their faces, they went like bug eyed. They must have been so tired after 24 hours. I sort of felt like they looked insane, but I mean that in the best way, uh, you know, when they finally found out that they won. Um, but, you know, Tyler, you know, I know that you're friendly with Mark and Steven. I have to imagine you're pretty excited here. You know, what do you think about this as the win? I think this was the right decision, uh, even setting aside my fondness for these two guys uh, that are my friends. <laughs> You're uh, so biased. <laughs> I, I am biased. Uh, it's a good thing I wasn't a judge. Um, <laughs> they 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 really did an excellent job with this build. Um, I think this was definitely deserved to be the winning build. It, when you see all three of the builds lined up together, this is the one that catches your eye and you're like, wow, I want to see more of that. And I think that's kind of that key factor that really gave him the win is that it's the thing that draws your eye the most of the three and it draws you in and makes you want more. Yeah, no, it's certainly obviously a pretty stunning piece. You know, Corey, what's your thoughts about this win here? Honestly, uh, well-deserved, uh, well-deserved, um, you know, just watching these two brothers kind of, uh, build and they grow throughout the competition. Um, they, they literally held on to that golden brick up until the end, um, which was very impressive. And, uh, to see all the, all the things they were able to put in this final build, um, the right decision was made. I, I feel for this challenge, um, Overall, if we look at the catalog of what they were able to put together and do, I still have to go with them as 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 an ultimate winner. Um, you know, just because of that edge that they had going into the final. Um, everything about their build it stands out. Uh, you know, literally, figuratively, it stands out. Um, that's something that you will see at a Lego land. That is something that you will see at a Lego store. That's something it's a build that that people could replicate. And I think that was that was some of the cool things about even from our season, um, the final three builds. Um, you know, I thought that um Sam and Jessica's peacock, that was something that you can see in an art gallery, you know, Boone and Mark's Artopia. That's something that you can see at a Lego land. Uh, you know, the the protective um, you know, Falcon Crane um that you did, Tyler. I think I said it wrong, but that's something you can see at a at a location you can see that almost anywhere and that's something that you know that's that's like the the it factor and i think out of all of them you know mark and steven definitely had that it factor when it comes to their build so it was yeah yeah i mean it was a showpiece no doubt boone you know what's your takeaway here with the mark and steven win um i think mark and steven's builds are incredible uh i it, it was fun to watch their journey through the through the competition you know i think at the beginning of the competition they certainly seemed to think they could win um and we you know saw some challenges that really gave them a run for their money uh, they were always you know, holding on and certainly in the top and at the top for many of the challenges. Um, but uh, to see them come out and, and you know, in the end, come through with the victory. Um, you know, my 
teammate Mark didn't get to win, but uh, Steven's teammate Mark got to win. So that's, oh. that's, that's fun. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yeah, I, you know, Mark Erickson is one of the dudes, you know, one of the few people from season two that um, I knew, uh, knew slash knew of, we'd never met face to face, but we had uh, communicated quite a bit online before season two. So he was among the people, you know, Zach was another, Zach was a person that I connected with at a bricks by the Bay a few years back. And so um, they were certainly either of those folks were people that I would have been rooting for from the very beginning of the season. Um, So it was uh, also a lot of fun, you know, watching kind of the celebration that those guys had um, on on, uh, across social media. You know, I know they were on beyond the brick yesterday and um, it looked like they had a really fun live in person kind of celebration uh, or watch party for that finale uh, in their neck of the woods. Um, so yeah, I think it was great. I love the build and I'm pleased for them. Good, good. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Mel bringing up the rear, you know, what, what's your thoughts then about this win? you know, Mark and Steven, you know, we talked about the builds, you know, but it's a little bit also the whole season, you know, love to get your thoughts. I just want to say thanks to all three finalists for, you know, proving to the world that the USA Lego Masters is the best and in Australia, because that was the scuttlebutt for a little bit. Um, So (laughs) for that epic builds and we proved to to the world once again, that we are the top builders. So, um, but the, um, you know that I think this is the right decision. Um, you know they obviously they were strong builders, and it's always um, it's always nice to see you know the 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 I guess the the imagination from the kid point of view of them, and 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 you know that the whole work you know the whole body of work uh you know uh, is poured into this this project here you know they they had a quite imagination and they were able to execute their imagination onto the canvas you know they gave us an epic build you know um i remember the first time i saw lego masters uh which was the australian one and it was the first season and it was that poseidon bill big poseidon bill you know it stood in command right and and, and you know it Hands down, that was the winner. I got that feeling with 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 uh with with the, with the Erickson brothers here. You know, um, you know, I got that same feeling. Like you could see that that figure, that wooden figure, take command. And so, I mean, it, I think this is the right decision. Um, it, you gave us an epic build. You know, so um, you know, kudos to the to the brothers. Yes, couldn't agree more. I mean, this definitely felt like a deserving win. I think to Boone's point, like if any of them would have won, I would have been so excited. You know, this was just such a competitive season, such a really strong group of builders. And for Zach and Wayne, you know, I don't think that they have anything to be too upset about. You know, I mean, obviously upset to lose, but, you know, they, they had a great, really strong showing. They've been strong competitors all season. Um, and, you know, I, everyone has a lot to be pleased with. But, you know, the one thing, obviously, that I, I'm a little bit left with is, you know, the idea that the season's over. And so I want to ask a few of your thoughts as we look on, you know, past this season you know, maybe a little bit of like a lightning round style, you know, so get ready. Um, but I'd love to go around the horn and talk about, you know, what everyone's, uh, what what challenge this season, you know, were you most impressed with, you know, in terms of they, them trying so many new things this season, lots of technical builds, lots of crazy builds. You know, I'm curious to get your thoughts, what your, what your favorite or, or most interesting challenge that you thought was this season. So um, Corey, why don't we start with you? Um, I'm going to go with the the challenge that should have went to our season. Um, but, you know, I'm still kind of uh, bitter about that. 
But uh, <laughs> the hat challenge, um, a wearable uh, challenge, that's my bread and butter when it comes to uh, the type of mocks I do. I do wearable Lego. So, um, you know, that that's a challenge that I would lo- I would have loved to sink my teeth in and, um, you know, and actually uh, perform that challenge. So, yeah. Perfect. All right, Mel, what about you? Uh, I think it's the, for me, it's the cliffhanger. You know, just uh, it's almost like Lego, Lego to me is like a puzzle, right? You're trying to figure out the pattern. You're trying to figure out, you know, you know, how to start the beginning to get to the end, right? And so they, they give you a problem of those two studs, you know, hanging or those studs hanging off the wall and how to, how to solve that problem to build. You know, we know you can build Epic, but can you build Epic from from this point of view? And so I, I would have loved to sit down and try to problem solve that. You know, I, to me, I think that was a challenge that I. Would. Yeah. What about you, Boone? What, which challenge stood out to you? Two. Um, one is uh, puppets. I would have loved to build puppets. I love puppets. Uh, I would have loved to be there in the room with Steve Whitmire. Are we allowed to say that? Um, doing the uh, doing the will puppet. Um, you know, he's he's a legend, man. You know, from uh, the uh, Henson Company, and it, that that just would have been hilarious. Um, and then uh, let's see, the other would have been the the castle, the cliffhanger challenge. That just man, I'm kind of on a castle kick right now. I've never been a <laughs> castle builder before the last year, um, and. Uh, you know, we had a, a good success with the bridge. I felt like Castle was kind of season two's bridge. It was like yeah. a, one, a, a bridge with one end. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I would have liked to build for that. Well, I guess, you know, you're, you're getting into castle Boone, you know, I know Caleb and Jacob listen to this podcast. Would you like to, you know, call them out and say one day you're going to come for that title? No, no, I don't <laughs> have any interest. You know, um, I, I kind of have, I have an interest in building weird castles. So I don't know if, um, I don't know if my castles will ever be, a, you know, contenders among, you know, those great, big, kind of classically inspired castle builds. Um, but it, it sure is fun to be sort of part of the castle group now. Yeah. All right, Tyler, bringing up the rear. What, what challenge did out to you? I think you know which one I would like. Puppets. I, I 100%. I, when I saw the preview, I was jumping up and down, which is you generally not my style. Oh, I would have loved that that episode. I, I'm I'm still a little salty that that wasn't in season one. Yeah. No, the puppets one, I think is probably the one that stood out to me too. I had this thought like, can, can puppet Lego building just be my aesthetic from now on? Like, that's just going to be me. That's the only thing I'm going to do. Um, so I definitely had that thought after that episode, but I think the other one that was really striking to me was the one hanging brick challenge. I just think that that one was like a really unique one that I really loved. And even if they did that again, I'd be, I'd be fine. You know, like if they did the one hanging brick challenge again. Um, all right. So then my other quick roundabout question and maybe we'll try to go more lightning this time, is which challenge this season would you not wanted to have to do ever? You know, that would have just, you're so glad it was on season two and not in season one. So we'll go in the same order. So Corey, go go first. Ooh, um, we'll take the cheap way out. Every challenge that didn't involve destruction, uh, I would not have wanted to do. But um, uh, I think I would probably go with the windmill challenge. Um, I don't know, just... I don't know. For, to me, it was just kind of boring or unoriginal <laughs> in my in my 
opinion. Um, and I kind of have to take that back immediately because in my classes, my virtual classes, I've been doing, um, you know, a, a challenge similar to that, like a windmill challenge. But um, I don't know. I'm kind of glad that it was on season one. I'm sorry, season two and not on season one, because I I would have I would have been stumped you know, to, to really figure out, all right, well, we have to build a windmill that spins, but also we have to build the structure that, that is durable enough to take that wind and for it to go 60 miles an hour without it toppling over. Uh, that's just so many variables to one challenge. Yeah, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I, it, <laughs> it just seems so complicated. So yeah. All right, Mel, which one do, would, are you glad you never had to face? I would say it's probably, probably the, uh, the earthquake challenge, like the, the shaker, the shaker, the, the one where they shook up all that. Yeah. yeah. Make and shake. Yeah. I, I, that would have been nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And Boone, you know, which one were you glad you didn't see? On our, on our, uh, on our season, um, man, uh, probably the, Man, I, I liked so many of them. Oh, they're they're all good. They're all really good. Um, I, probably the hat, the wear, yeah. the the having put the hat on. Um, that man, that looked like a nightmare of a challenge. And my buddy Moto went home on that one. So yeah, oh, that I'll say so that I'll say the hat. All right, and Tyler, which one did you? Were you glad was on season two? I'm with Mel. The 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 sh- making shake thing, that earthquake. No. Yeah. <laughs> all, you're, all you're doing is building for strength and not for aesthetics. And I like aesthetics. So. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think to your point, like some of those objective challenges where it's just like, how far did you last and those sort of things. I think that that's hard. It's probably not where any Lego Masters contestants loves to sit because you want to feel like you have agency, that your creativity could carry the day, you know, versus just some of these objective ones. Um, but it's fun having at least one or so. Like, I, you know, the bridge was a nice change of pace at the time, but in your season. But yeah, we had a lot of those strength challenges uh, in this one. But uh, and then the the last question is, you know, I certainly hope that we get a season three, um, you know, and, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of you all hope that too. So if you were designing a season three challenge, what would you want it to be? So Corey, what would you want your season three challenge to be? Yeah, I definitely would have. Uh, I would have tried it. I would. I would try to challenge the builders to do an element challenge. So building something underwater. Um, Ooh. You know, building in a with a fish tank, and you have to build your your structure underwater, and how you going to uh, keep your build from either flowing upside, capsizing. So it, it, so what kind of story can you tell underwater? That that would be a pretty uh, pretty fun challenge. Yeah. And then more importantly, like how long can you hold your breath as you look to do the building? You know, I think that would add a, another interesting layer. Um, but, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh. All, all joking aside, Mel, what would your season three, you know, unique idea be? I would try to do like a, um, try to work something out with NASA. See, see if you can go over there to the, you know, the, 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 I guess whatever the space tunnel is where you don't have any gravity and throw a set in there with a team and see how fast they can put the set together with no gravity. But the pieces fly, man. Like, you know. Wow. <laughs> I can just imagine these people all like in like spacesuits and goggles and, you know, stuff like that. That'd be pretty entertaining. Um, but Boone, what would your like, uh, you know, ideal, you're the, you're the challenge creator, you know, what does your challenge look like for season three? I think it'd be really cool to do some sort of like immersive experience. Um, and, and they would need way, way, way more time. I don't know. 
it, it would it would have to be maybe it, maybe it'd be the Christmas special or something like that. It'd be, <laughs> it'd be a whole different thing, but like some sort of thing where you've got to walk in to their build Ooh. and yeah. and and like kind of whatever world they've created, whether you're inside a you know I don't know maybe you're inside the the cockpit of the you know. Uh, Air Force One or you're inside um, like a submarine or something like that. But but whatever you've kind of entered into this field. So it would it would have to be massive enough for big enough for one or two people to like walk inside. I think that would be incredible. Or what if it was like some small build and you like stuck your head up in it, you know, and so you, like you could look around 360 but it was just your oh, head. That's, that's a great idea. Or maybe that maybe it could be like an augmented reality thing where, you know, the build is, is, you know, of, of a reasonable scale to build on Lego masters, but then they put like you in it or, or they put will, they put will in it and it, yeah, and it becomes like this. And that's almost sort of like the puppet show, right? Where you've got the build and you've got the presentation of the puppet show. That would be kind of this like augmented reality kind of you get to in the in the magic of television, you are put into your build. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of this old TV show. Um, I don't know if you guys ever remembered it called Nick Arcade, where they would play. It was like a Nickelodeon game show where they would play video games. And then at the end, they got to go into a video game and they had to like do the video game, uh, you know, as if they were really in it. So um, that sort of reminds me of But I love all those ideas. And then Tyler, you know, what would your challenge be for next season? I think it'd be really cool to do some sort of like Rube Goldberg machine where like maybe every team has to like squeeze a tube of toothpaste or whatever, put toothpaste on the toothbrush, but they have to, you know, incorporate X number of steps in that process and create this sort of wacky contraption that also tells a story at the same time. Wow. Honestly, that would be so cool. Like the get like the board game mouse trap or whatever. I mean, I feel exactly. like that would be so yeah. fun. Yeah, I'm all about that. I mean, I'll, for my one, I'll say a little bit of a cop-out answer, which is that we got a licensed theme challenge last season with the Star Wars challenge. And I was really shocked that we didn't get a licensed themed episode this season. Um, you know, we talked about it in um, kind of a similar episode last season uh, on the podcast where, you know, I'm just surprised we've never gotten a Harry Potter challenge or a Marvel challenge or a DC challenge, you know, something with another license. So I just think that that'd be fun because then we wouldn't have to see a, you know, a creature that looks like Groot. They could just build Groot and it'd be awesome. Um, so, you know, I, that's, I think, my my slight cop out answer. But um, well, thank you for playing this quick round robin with me. Um, but, um, but thank you. This was a really fun podcast and a really fun season. And, you know, so many of you have been on so many of my podcasts, making this such a special podcast season for me. So I just wanted to thank you all on the podcast, you know, formally and Mel, you know, you are our winner with, with Mark and Steven winning. You are the winner of the big bet. So, um, you know, hit up Corey and I after the show, we'll get you your We'll get you your money. Okay. Calm down. We'll get you your money. Um, you win. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, a, but a huge and hearty thank you to you all for making this such a fun time for me to get to break all this down. I think, you know, my enjoyment of the show is so much made even more special getting to talk to all of you. So thank you again for joining me tonight, but also joining me throughout the season. Um, it's been such a treat. Hey, thanks a lot, Michael. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks for having us. Appreciate thanks for having us, Mike. Well, perfect. All right. Well, you know, listen, uh, there's more coming from the podcast, of course, but, you know, hopefully there'll be a season three and you'll get to hear from these fine gentlemen once again. But 
Thanks again, everyone. So there you have it, folks. That was the finale breakdown. And this one was maybe one of the most fun getting to chat with so many fun contestants from season one. But of course, in my haste to end the episode, I forgot to ask everyone where they can be found after the podcast. So if you want to stay in touch with Boone, you can check him out on Instagram and everywhere at Boone Builds. If you want to keep in touch with Tyler, you can find him on Instagram at Tyler Builds. You can find Corey there at Sam's Brago underscore LLC. And you can find Mel on Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube at Iceberg Bricks. Don't forget, next up in the podcast feed is going to be my exit interviews with all three finalist teams, including Mark and Steven, the winners of season two. And just like last season, I'm hoping to get some extra time postseason with these teams to break down things in more detail. So be sure to let me know who you want to hear from. So if you want to follow along with the podcast, be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to it now. And if you're listening on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review as it really helps others find the podcast. If you want even more Lego content, be sure to check out my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks, where I cover the Lego news for the week every Saturday. And you can follow the channel on all social media platforms with the username at Talk Bricks. And if you want to follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook, it's Talk Bricks Masters. And on Twitter, it's TB Masters. Thanks again, and I'll see you guys next time.